existence In existence, join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics Have a pass and match this Here's how we practice Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. Hark! This is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we're doing... Christmas music. We're, of uh, all stripes. We're ahead of the curve for once on this podcast. Or, um, actually, I think we are or about... maybe 11 months behind it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, 11 and a half months. Well... So traditional Christmas songs, I'm not such a huge fan of, uh, as most right-thinking people aren't, I feel like. I like traditional Christmas songs as a wrong-thinking person. I like Jingle Bells. I like Rudolph the Red Redner's Reindeer. All right. Well, I mean, those were fun to sing as a kid, I guess, in, when the music teacher came in once a month. Uh, well, I guess those ones you didn't sing year-round anyway. An all year Christmas school. I think our I think our music teacher was an alcoholic, which who can blame him? Uh, I never had old. any kind of music teacher. Oh, really? No. You didn't have the budget for it there on the East Coast, huh? I remember sp- specifically we had a, a a class that talked about art, and it was it was in social studies, and the teacher just put a bunch of of pieces of art, well, not pieces of art, but you know, posters of pieces of art, and talked about each one, and that was our art for the year. Wow! That's so we a, were we were really on the edge, cutting edge of liberal art. Yeah, you, I guess you guys are more East Coast. What I don't know what you're more interested in. Like they probably teach you how to run a deli or uh, you know get into finance, but art was big here on the on the West Coast. Uh, yeah, we had a music teacher once a month who, you know, I guess he just went around to all the elementary schools, uh, and, and all the different classes and would teach you to sing, you know, on top of spaghetti and all that bullshit. Um, another thing, that's another thing I did not know until I was probably in my twenties that on top of old Smokey was an actual song and it wasn't always on top of a meatball. Oh yeah. We, we actually learned the original first. And then, uh, so we would have a clear sense of history. Right. And, you, you know, you need a background in the classics before you build upon them. Sure. You know, we, we sang uh, the original Jingle Bells before we did the Batman Smells Robin laid an egg version. Um, yeah, solid foundation. That is a year-long song. Jingle Bells is not, but the, the Batman Smells version is, is year-round. I guess, but you don't hear a lot of Jingle Bells during most of the year, unless you're going to, uh, well, it's not 1966 symphony 1966. They played it all the time. So people could sing Batman smells. I suppose that's Robin true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Our, it was the weird thing about our music teacher was he didn't have a very good voice. Like he was kind of old and his voice cracked a lot when he was singing. So, so it was, so I probably have like a really bad ear for tone and pitch. What what makes you allege that he was an alcoholic? I don't know. He was kind of disheveled, and uh, I mean, even as a kid, I was like, "Oh, this this adult looks like he's not really on the ball." As, Sounds like Albert Einstein. As, 
could yeah he could have been just a genius who knows i mean i think that is the field most geniuses go into uh but yeah i remember he he taught us to play like recorders which is the dumbest instrument ever because i think it's i don't even know how those things work but you know there's only like three notes you can make with them i know that a recorder exists but i've never seen one yeah they're like little plastic flutes and yeah I don't know. I don't know what the point of all of it was. Nobody... Do they record anything? I don't know why they call them a recorder. Um, they record your embarrassment when you have to play them in front of people, I guess. Uh, and, and store it in their little recorder soul. But yeah, nobody goes on to learn to play the recorder, so I, I don't know what the point is. Anyway. Uh, Christmas Christ music. Christmas music. Oh, I'm going oh. to see... Uh, Ooh. This is unrelated. Uh, but I was exciting. I can tell already. Because I think I sensed what it is. Yeah, SF Sketchfest. They announced their lineup. So we are going to see uh, a tribute to News Radio live with all of the cast, except for Joe Rogan, uh, all of the living cast. Why Why do you suspect Joe Rogan isn't there? I don't know. Steroids. Uh, and then we're going to see a live you talking you two to me. So, that is awesome. Yeah, I'll get to see our old friends, uh, Scott and Adam. Scott and Scott. Scott and Scott. Damn it. I guess we're, we're not that close of friends, really. Fans of the show, you should say. Yeah, fan, fans of the show. Uh, Scott and Scott. Anyway, yeah, that's that's my news. I, I was excited. We just got tickets this morning. And the, uh, the news radio, all the good seats were gone like 10 minutes after they went on sale. So. How, how did the, you talking YouTube to me sell? Well, it's general admission there, so. Okay. Yeah. I have to imagine it's going to sell out. Well, I mean, obviously news radio because that's that's a pretty impressive cast. I mean, not even comedy wise. You have the Stephen every, Root. Yeah, everybody in it's great. Maura Tierney, yeah. And Maura Tierney is, is the name I couldn't think of. Dave Foley. Yeah. But Andy, I guess Andy Dick's going to be there. That's Andy a, Dick, yeah. Hopefully, a little bit of a surprise. Hopefully, he will not hijack things too much. Yes. Um, <laughs> Maybe is there going to be a moderator? I there's got to be, but uh, it didn't. It didn't mention it. Um, and then there is, uh, of course, Vicky Lewis and Candy Condi, Candy Alexander. I just want to, I figured if I go, if I get to ask a question, I was going to ask Candy Alexander uh, a bunch of questions about Treme, throw everybody off. Oh, and Dave Foley will be there, of course, too. And, um, not John Lovitz. No John Lovitz, no. Well, I don't think most fans of the show consider him, you know, canon. Yeah. Sometimes they, when they do stuff like that, there's someone equally cool as a moderator, like a celebrity that's a moderator. I think that's when that happens. When there's someone who's a fan of something and then heard it, they, they make it so it's all about the show. I think that's neat. Yeah, it would be it would be cool if they did that. Um, but yeah, who knows? So are you talking you two to me? Do you think it's just those two on the stage? Yeah, I can imagine how that's going to go because well, maybe they've... Harrison Whittles will be up there too. Uh, his name's Harris. He he was not named after our fifty uh, seventh president. Oh, I thought he was named after the uh, the supermarket chain in the south. Oh, Piggly Wiggly? No, no. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. They, there's no real, no, really, no info on that one. Um, like the description is basically de the description of the podcast. So uh, <laughs> it'll be fun to see what they do live. Um, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. What? The band will come out. Yeah, yeah. Bono will show up. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it would be cool if they did like a uh, a U2 karaoke thing. Just have people come up. I only <laughs> say that because I, I can, that's one of the only people I can sing at karaoke well. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, it'll be really cool to, to see. I think it will sell out too because uh, Scott Ackerman hasn't done anything with Sketchfest in a long ass time, so. Anyway. I just heard him on uh, Jordan Jesse Go, and it was really fun because it was, you know, how his show is just straight on nonsense. It's, it's, there's no seriousness to it. It was neat that he could be kind of telling anecdotes that, that weren't setups or jokes. No, yeah, I've heard him on a couple was, different podcasts, like talking just as himself, and I really like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, he's still hilarious, but he, he's not, not, you don't have to expect everything to have a punchline. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you are looking li- looking to something to listen to, uh, you can listen to that. That's a pretty good show on its own, right? Yeah, Jordan Jesse Go. They're kind of they're kind of very mild mannered. Yeah, yeah, but fun. Yeah. Kinda, the one guy's voice. It, I don't know if he's famous. I think he just. I think he went to college with the other guy who kind of built that that network, that podcast network that has Judge John. Hodgman, yeah. Hodgman and other stuff, and they just do that show. I don't know if he's famous in other other things, but anyway, uh, his voice sounds a lot like David Cross, and sometimes it confuses me. <laughs> Even though you know David Cross is nowhere in the vicinity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he'd he'd be very good on a podcast. I wonder if he's guested on any of the any of the he's the big ones. He's been on a couple. Um, yeah, he was on Getting Dug with High. Okay, I know. Um, and he's had to have been on uh, Comedy Bang Bang at least once, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Christmas music. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the, you know what, you know what the thing is? It's the same problem I have with musicals. It's all, it's all kind of very soulless and, and extremely white sounding music to me. You know, it's easy listening mostly, I guess is, is that's the better way to say it. Oh, I don't know. I don't think it's as bad as easy listening. It's catchy is what is it's catchy. It's, it's more like, uh, Barry Manilow's catchy. Well, yeah, I, I guess he's listening. I guess he's easy listening. Yeah, but it, to me, it's more like uh, commercial jingles, which I don't consider easy listening. They're just all catchy. Yeah, but the, I consider them catchy, annoying. You okay. Know, just like me, like commercial jingles. Yeah. Well, I, I was not. I was not saying that they're like commercial jingles in a good way, but I, yeah, I enjoy them, so it it doesn't bother me. But oh, well, you're saying I like musicals. Uh, songs sometimes too so i just don't find them all soulless occasionally yeah um yeah man i was just i don't know why i was thinking about this because i guess because i like to be bitter about other people's success or something i don't know uh but like i will walk around and sometimes i'll just make up a song based on what i'm doing you know (laughs) just a dumb little song that's only you know five or ten seconds long um i'm going to the fridge for some milk bam you know, dumb shit like that. But then I think the dude who wrote by Menon has made way more money than any of us will ever make. And that had to take him literally two seconds to write that. <laughs> anyway. I don't have any bitterness towards that because it works. Everyone remembers by Menon. And I don't think it's a guy. I think it's a, a group of people. That's true. It's Each wrote a note. Big big hive mind. Each wrote each wrote like a section of a note. <laughs> I brought up the Christmas music episode simply because I heard a, a cover of Fairy Tale of New York that was 
simply horrible. Well, how could it not be? That's that's my first question. I don't know. I think maybe it could have been, but this wasn't. And it was uh, Francis and the Machine? Is that their name? Oh, her name? I don't even know. Oh, yeah, it's not Francis. It's Florence. Florence and the Machine. And it was. And I think I've heard other songs that were good, but this this cover was just the the this song is already a dark song, and for some reason it seemed like they were trying to make it darker. Have you heard it? No, I, and I have no. Yeah, you don't need to. to. It's the, the the Pogues version with uh, what's her name, Kristen, or I forget whoever's singing on it. But Kirstie, anyway, Kirstie McCall. Kirstie McCall is really wonderful and dark and just perfect. And I guess there's no reason to do a cover, but if you do a cover, don't do such a bad job as that. Well, just I I really I mean, usually I subscribe to the theory that nothing's sacred. You know, everything's a remix, like we said, but but some songs just don't do as a cover. Like the song's already perfect. I remember when, uh, who, I don't even know who it was like six pence, none, the richer or some shitty group that I don't remember covered, uh, the laws. There she goes. I was like, the song's already perfect. You're not going to do anything with it. I feel the same about fairy tale in New York. I feel, you know, the same about like, you're not going to do can't buy me love by the Beatles and add anything to it. So just don't do it have some smarts about it is all I'm saying because there's no need to reinterpret fairy tale of New York. Yeah. Yeah. They, they got, they got it right the first time. Right. So either you're going to do a carbon copy and you're not really going to nail the soul of Shane McGowan, uh, no matter how hard you try or, or you're going to do what I guess Florence and the machine did and try to take it in a different direction and you're going to ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I still don't mind covers, but I just don't. They didn't do a good job on this one. Yeah, I well, we did a whole show on covers, um, a whole episode. I, I like a lot of covers. I think, you know, I, like I said, I don't want to say some songs are sacred necessarily. That's I just what I'm think, saying. I, I don't even think any songs are sacred. So I think if somebody else tried Fairy Tale of New York, I'd listen to that as well just to see. But yeah, they have to. They're going to have to do a much better job than than uh, the version I heard. Yeah, well, I just think it's an iconic song. It's my favorite Christmas song, um, though you don't really hear it in supermarkets or anything. I guess a song where uh, the protagonists call each other a slut and a uh, faggot is not yeah, going to play well at the Christmas season. But I think it gets played more often than you'd expect, though. I know I've, I've heard it in situations when, and been very surprised by it. Really? Like in public? Yeah, yeah. Maybe not at a supermarket, because I don't even... I think they just play the the the, the most common right chipper ones. But I rocking around the Christmas tree. Yeah, that's a very bad version of that song. Well, I thought it was spot on, but okay. I, that's a bad version. Usually, it, it doesn't it doesn't kind of it sounds like you, your version. You just play the the record melted at the end. That's that's what it sounds like in my brain when I hear it after the first couple notes. Uh, yeah, well, fairy tale. You know what? I'm gonna throw a fairy tale in New York on at the end, the, so I can put the entire song up. Uh, I think everybody probably knows it, but still, it's uh, it's my favorite. So that will be the end song for this episode. But it, really, so yeah, I mean, it has. It's one of the few, I think, mo- more modern. I mean, what well, was '87? I guess so. Depending on your definition of modern, but modern songs that has kind of become a classic and it's very pretty i think maybe that's why it gets played more than it. if if people listen 
closely to the lyrics and maybe wouldn't be played as much, but it's a very pretty song. Well, it's yeah, and it's it's got that uh it's got that heartbreaking quality to it. With the uh, yeah, with I could have been someone, so could oh, anyone that. that all that yeah. you know, you're <laughs> like, Oh my god, dude. <laughs> and and that's the thing about Shane McGowan. I mean most most artists maybe manage that once. And he wrote song after song like that where you're just like, Oh my god, stop kicking me in the heart. <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a great one. And there are there are a lot of uh I guess Mariah Carey has some Christmas song she did that has become like a, one that is played a lot at the holidays. I don't really know it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I I might recognize it if I heard it, but um but overall, it's pretty hard to do, I think, like because if you if you have a hit Christmas song, you're set for life, as we learned from About a Boy. The many versions of About a Boy taught us that. Yeah, yeah. Uh book, film, TV show, podcast. Um yeah, but but I mean it really is like it really is a a big payday for you if you can get a Christmas song that then, you know, gets played every year in heavy rotation. Um but and a lot of people try and most of them go nowhere. I think we uh, we were talking about before we went on air and I think we discussed it last year um on one of our episodes, probably one of our music episodes. Uh the the Nick Lowe Christmas album from last year is really good. Yeah, it is, and it would be nice if that became a lot of those songs became yearly heard things. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, it's probably not going to happen. Although, who knows? With you know the the fragmented nature of of music consumption these days, and the you know, it's pr- maybe they're playing it in uh, Brooklyn coffee bars and shit. Who knows? Speaking of uh, uh, Brooklyn coffee bars, I didn't pick out a song for this, but Sufton Stevens has the whole catalog of christmas music i know he's super christian but he he does all kinds of christmas christmas songs like some are very religious and some are just really funny so he he's done neat stuff that i also wish would become yearly stuff that they play in supermarkets yeah he verges on annoying to me um but i mean i like i like he's so talented that i i I can't i have to imagine he doesn't go all the way no yeah he doesn't he's luckily but but yeah he can he can, I can take him in limited doses, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little precious, I feel like. <laughs> I, I think we've had discuss, enough discussions about Wes Anderson to know that I, I cherish precious. Yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, no, that's he, that's another good one. I mean, people do make good Christmas songs. They just, uh, they just for whatever reason don't catch on with the the greater public a lot of them well i think it takes quite a while for some i i i don't think you know right away that something's going to become a christmas classic well maybe that burl ives album was a classic once it was once it was put out but most of the time you don't know right away yeah well and that was a a much smaller uh market back then i mean not not market but you know the the channels of distribution and 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 not only that but there wasn't anything there right right there wasn't i don't i don't even know what it might have been like i mean it was before Christmas was such a a piece of mall marketing, so that was different on on its own. But yeah, I mean, I think he probably had like the Irving Berlin, you know, uh, Bing Crosby, White Christmas, and and then all the just the hymns, the like Silent Night, and you know, religious hymns. So that's that's all you had to choose from. Yeah, so someone oh. comes with an entirely secular, 
fun song, it's going to be a pretty big hit. Yeah, that's true. Man, we we used to go to my, uh, I don't know what the hell you call them, great aunt and uncle, I guess. I don't know. Uh, anyway, we used to go to their house here in Oakland uh, for Christmas when I was a kid, and my mom would always make us all go walk over to church for, like, Christmas mass at night. And it was the most god-awful buzzkill, like, in the middle of Christmas <laughs> when you're a kid, having to go there and sing these dreary, dreadful songs and listen to this dude pontificate on just the most boring shit. I think that must be... Like, I was a kid, we went to church every week, so going to church on Christmas was not out of the ordinary, and it wasn't any different than any other week. So and it was kind of neat that they're when you went to church on Christmas Day, they're singing songs that, you know gets played on the radio during that season. So it's kind of fun to sing. So it was a different experience for me every year when I went to church on Christmas. Yeah, no, I was not into it. I rem- <laughs> the only thing I remember is that uh, as a kid in church, we would sing, Oh, Holy Night. And I, I would always sing, Oh, Holy Shit. Uh, <laughs> but I couldn't, that was like as far as my Weird Al Yankovic uh, tendencies <laughs> went. I didn't make up any other words. The rest I just sang straight, but. Yeah, it's people get annoyed uh, at this time of year when they, especially when they start playing the Christmas songs in October. Yeah, right after Halloween. Yeah, I, I think it's a bit much. Um, well, I think it. I, 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 I understand why people get annoyed, but I'm at the point where I get annoyed of people getting annoyed because it's so easy to escape it. Yeah, no, I don't care, but you, but you do see a lot of complaints. Yes, and it's just like, okay, we've heard your complaints, and I've heard more complaints than Christmas songs, so shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's not like the rest of the year you walk into J. Crew and they're playing awesome music. Yeah, Yeah. do you think J. Crew's, I can't imagine J. Crew's playing Christmas music. They're playing that same kind of techno, whatever that is. Yeah, probably. Well, they're probably doing doing, uh, electronic dance music versions of Christmas songs, maybe, (laughs) but uh, I, I like how I pronounce that whole thing instead of just saying edm like people are dummies but uh i didn't know that's what edm stand stood for i thought it was some sort of drug no no that's uh, i think you're thinking of uh pot. what pot pot yeah p-o-t i thought the, people that... ought to try that's what it stands for I thought when you were going, uh... That's a good impression, by the way. Uh, it was another audio glitch that we are so famous for. Oh, I, sometimes I just try to simulate the audio glitches uh, to, to make people feel comfortable. Yeah, I, well, so you, what are some like traditional holiday songs that you like? I don't. I don't think I dislike any of them. Like I don't listen to them that much, but when I hear them, I was like, "Oh, that's fun!" Like "Joy to the World's fun." Um, what's the one? The one where they're they're in the Joy to the, the World. The Lord is come. Get, work on your fucking grammar. Wait, I saw Joy to the World. The Lord. The Lord is King. Oh, well, I I thought it was come. All right. Well, let's let's look this up. God damn it! I closed out my goddamn internet. This sounds like this is going to be an episode of Misheard Lyrics. Let's talk about Purple Haze. What, excuse me while I kiss this guy? Everybody knows it. The Lord is come. Yes, that's what it is. Man, you went to church every week and you didn't even get the... 
the lyrics right to one of now you make it sound dirty one of our holiest songs well i didn't write the song uh well jingle bells there's no dispute about the lyrics of jingle bells and that's a fun little song that's true uh incorporating batman was a shrewd move and the rudolph song very fun i cannot sing it without doing the bart simpson stuff though What's the Bart Simpson? Oh, just the, like the little, the little side asides. Yeah, which I guess I knew. Like before. a light bulb. Yeah, I guess we did that before Bart Simpson, but I only now anytime I hear the song, I think of him doing it, and it makes me laugh. Oh yeah, we. That's how our music teacher made us sing it. He forced us to. <laughs> By at gunpoint. You will enjoy this song. And these clever ad libs. Uh. And here are the ad libs you have to do. Yeah. Memorize them. Do not deviate from the proscribed ad libs. If possible, on next week's episode, I beg you to bring that music teacher on. Mr. Wilcox, I will see if I can find him. I think he was about 298 years old at the time, so he's probably still going. I would imagine so. Uh, Once you get to 250, you got another 250 left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure all that uh, whiskey has helped preserve him. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there, there's you. There's not one traditional Christmas song that you'd say you'd like. It's it's not fair to say that I don't like. Like like you said, a lot of them are are catchy. It's just not my thing. Like I I don't go out of my way to sing them or or listen okay. to them or anything. You know, if they I come just, on, I'm not one of the people who gets annoyed by them. Uh, well, there are some. You know, Santa baby. <laughs> can do without um any version eartha kit version is not bad yeah i guess it's it's so cheesy it's hard to her version it's hard to be really bad um but but you know it's not anything that i'm gonna listen to of my own free will Uh, i used to enjoy making christmas cds for people i haven't done that for a while but i would try to put have a mix of traditional stuff and the non-traditional stuff. And that was usually pretty fun. Yeah. I, well, I think, um, well, let's, I'm going to insert a song here. Uh, Christmas baby, please come home by Darlene love, which I guess has become, uh, we were watching this, uh, documentary. Um, God damn it. I think it was, I think it's called 20 feet from stardom. It's about, uh, backup singers. Uh-huh. Uh and and anyway, Darlene Love was one she like was on a lot of Phil Spector records that she didn't get credited for or paid for. Um but yeah, she did the this Christmas baby please come home and I guess uh, Letterman made it a tradition to have her come on every year around Christmas time and sing it. Wait, um, why wouldn't she get paid for cuz Phil Spector was a shitbag basically. Okay. okay. Um he he made sure he got all the credit and the and the people who worked on his records were anonymous, as as much as he could do that. Oh, that's shitty. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I mean, I think that's a pretty common story in the '60s, especially with black performers, uh, and and you know, white label heads or producers or whatever. Um. But anyway, yeah. So Christmas, baby, please come home. Great. One. Well, the maybe the first great non. Uh, you know, Irving Berlin type songs, uh, Christmas songs that, that I know of, uh, or, or, you know, uh, goddamn Burl Ives or, or something like that, you know? Um, right. It's got some soul to it. So, uh, 
Here, hold, let's let's play a little bit. Uh, Christmas baby, please come home. Here you go. it was 88 uh they came out with uh, a very special christmas that record did you ever have that no like it was for some charity i can't even remember what maybe it was aids uh um, and they had all these well that's what uh that's where christmas and hollis from run dmc comes from that album um, is uh, i just that reminds me of another christmas song i like wrapping paper or christmas wrapping the waitresses is that was that on that I don't think so. I don't think I even am familiar with that song. Oh, we—if you heard it, you'd know. I, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, I probably would. Um, it's really fun. The waitresses. Uh, were they? I know what boys like. I can't even remember what else. They I did. think so. I think or, so. Yeah. Were they? Don't put another dime in the jukebox. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, no, I—I I, it might have been on there. All, all I remember is that you two did a version of "Christmas Baby, Please Come Home." Uh, which didn't work so well with Bono's really portentous vocal style. Um, kind of hard for him to just have fun with a fun song. I mean, they tried, but it starts. It starts out with him. It's Christmas, baby. Please come home. <laughs> so this goes out to all the AIDS victims we're singing for. <laughs> and Martin Luther King. Uh, yeah, and it had a terrible sting song i mean that's redundant but um he i mean it wasn't a song of his it was like some old hymn uh about the angel gabriel and shit uh anyway did you own that yeah i owned it because you too was on it man uh it wasn't you didn't get it for christmas and hollis well christmas and hollis that was the first appearance of that song so i i, I had not heard it like i bought the album Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I knew about it, but then Christmas and Hollis was my favorite song off of it. It was like, yeah, I think it was mostly. Was like, Christmas and Hollis already big before it was on? Wasn't it in Die Hard? Uh, when was Die Hard out? Eighty nine, maybe. Right, or was it sounds... earlier than that? I don't oh, know. It's late eighties. I don't know. Yeah, this album was, I think, eighty eight, maybe eighty seven. Christmas. Okay, yeah, I don't so know. Maybe, maybe a little bit before. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Christmas and Hollis was was a pretty genius move by Run DMC, who were full of genius moves back in the day. <laughs> yes, they were. Um, 
and I, man, the friend on Facebook was uh, showing me like some some website that was like a, a hip hop website. It, it, they had like the 15 best hip hop albums of all time or something, and there was no Run DMC on there. And I was like, wait, you can't. That's ridiculous. What was the earliest on there? Maybe maybe it was they were just stopping at 1999. No, I know. I mean, they had some stuff from the 80s. They had, of course, Public Enemy takes Nation of Millions, and they oh, had, well. but then they had like two De La Soul albums. And I love De La Soul, but like if you're gonna just give them one, yeah, and throw yeah. Run DMC on there. Wait, you know what? God damn it! Let's play Christmas and Hollis for people because uh, this this has become a Christmas classic. I'm I'm th- happy to say. Uh, and it's a excellent song, uh, Christmas time at Hall's Qu- Queens, man. Mom's cooking chitlins and collard greens, or is it chicken? I can't remember. Uh, well, we'll find out in a second. Here's Christmas at Hollis. Yeah, I, I, I like a lot of these newer newer Christmas songs. I think because, like you were saying, um, you know, when they started first coming out with fun secular songs, it was a it was a different thing. And that's what I like about these. They're all they're more about you know fun and and the the secular idea of Christmas than than religious. But they're also about the like the idea. Not all of them, but some of them are about the idea of togetherness at Christmas, which is also nice. Well, yeah, yeah. No, no, it is. They're, Christmas songs are happy for the most part. Well, Fairy Tale of New York, I don't know how happy I would call that. That's true. Uh, yeah, maybe not happy. Although, you feel like uh, love's going to win out in the end in that, I guess. <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you, you got? You got any specific songs you want to talk about? Uh... I'm surprised you don't know that waitress's song. That's one of the ones I always think of. I probably know it. Like if I heard it, I bet. Yeah, I would I'm know just it. surprised it's not one of the ones you think of because I. No, I. I uh, you want to take a take a break? Uh, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we will be right back.
We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation. Hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's great racing, steeple chasing. We're back. Uh, I had a chance to listen to that uh, terrible Florence on the Machine version of Fairy Tale of New York during the break, uh, featuring Billy Bragg, somebody we both love. But he, yeah, he he does not. He he doesn't even try to go for the Shane McGowan type of pathos. It's just kind of bummed out. Well, and I'm I guess it's good that he doesn't go for the Shane Shane McGowan type of pathos. But uh, yeah, he should have just not bothered trying. No, really. Yeah, they they shouldn't have bothered with the whole thing, um, because it's nobody's ever going to be like, oh yeah, that's the version I want to hear. Um, but as you said, when they do the death metal co- uh, cover of Fairy Tale of New York, everybody will want to hear that. Of course, Christmas two thousand twenty ninety nine will be covered in Fairy Tale of New York death metal version. You know, there's probably one out there somewhere. Um, well, another, another one. Oh, look at this. This is, this is kind of shocking. Justin Bieber did a, a cover of Fairy Tale of New York with Taylor Swift. He did not. <laughs> Total lie. Man. The, no, there's no way Taylor Swift's going to sing those lyrics. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I've heard a Taylor Swift song, but she seems like a nice person. Yeah. Well, why, why the hell shouldn't she be? She'd been rich since she was 12. Oh, is so she she got famous really early. Yeah, I think so. Um, I wasn't sure. Only, I, I don't even know how old she is. She's like got to be early twenties now. Oh, okay. I thought maybe she was like late twenties and she started when she was right out of high school or something like that. But I guess not. Yeah, I don't know. Who? I mean, I don't really care. Yeah, I I've heard a couple of her songs. She seems to sing really off key to me in the the ones I've heard. But maybe it's just a stylistic choice. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I have no, no hate for her. Why should I? She's very popular. Yeah, she's not. She's. I mean, Justin Bieber is obviously a dickbag, so you know that you can see why there's backlash against him. But right, yeah, that's why. Yeah, Taylor Swift seems like a nice person. Justin Bieber doesn't seem like an especially nice person. No, or even an unespecially nice person. <laughs> Was Taylor Swift the one that got uh, ganked what, by what? Kanye at the? Yes. 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 She was. Okay. Um, well, one, uh, a Christmas song that I like, even though I think most people who know me would think it would be one I would not like at all is, uh, Happy Xmas War is Over by John Lennon. Um, because it's kind of got the whole, the whole mush-headed hippie vibe thing to it with the, you know, war is over if you want it kind of thing. And yet, I don't know, something about it works for me just i guess the earnestness of it and the uh the idea i mean it's it's very naive to say war is over if you want it but at the same time you're like well you know if enough people want it and 
right and yeah. do something about it uh you know talk you know are protesting or or whatever writing their congressmen voting people out of office then then yeah it's it's true in a way so and so i i really i like the sentiment because and especially because it's such a hard one to pull off and i think he does it even with the, you know the the harlem children's choir and everything singing on it um everything about it should be a sappy glurgy piece of crap and yet it's not yeah no i yeah i love that song um, and you're right it's it's very easy to say well th- this stupid song is not going to change anything and pr- maybe it isn't but if enough people say that then it really really won't change anything right exactly um well let's let's play a little bit of that one here um just so we can get a couple more songs in uh here here it is john lennon so this is christmas and what have you done another year over And so this is Christmas I hope you have fun The near and the dear ones The old and the young A very Merry Christmas And a Happy New last one you you just heard i think for the first time today um we'll just get this out of the way um is that i another one i really like is keeping with the xmas title uh, by slade the 70s glam rock band merry xmas everybody which is just kind of a fun upbeat rock song very simple like all their songs are uh, but catchy merry xmas everybody um I don't know. Let's just get right into it. And then no, we'll... I'd heard this one before. I just had never you didn't had know any who idea the... who it was. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's a, a good, it's a good fun one. Yeah, yeah. You don't hear it often enough. I think a lot of the, a lot of the ones you chose, I think I hear every year at least a couple times. But this one, I don't. You don't hear all the time. Yeah, and may, you know, I might, I, we might insert some more. We'll see how the conversation goes. Um, but yeah, here, here's Slade. Merry Xmas, everybody.
music. I think lots of little kids, when they see Xmas, think people are getting away with something by putting that X there. Well, they're probably happy they don't have to write it out in their shitty handwriting. <laughs> Do they still teach handwriting? It seems kind of pointless at this point, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they do. I, I don't. I don't see any problem with if they do. I don't care. No, I don't care either. It's just uh, who writes anything anymore? Doctors. That's true. They, yeah, I guess that's weird. Actually, um, actually, my doctor does not write prescriptions. Uh, it's all it's all done electronically. Yeah, I guess that's the way. The thanks, Obama. Yeah, that was one of the. Part of healthcare reform was digitizing every medical office. Well, yeah, and mine's been digitized forever. I have Kaiser. Um, that's because you live in the Bay Area where everything's digitized. That's true. Nice job bragging. Including my pants. Um, but it is much smarter. I, I used I remember I used to get prescription pads back in the day, and I would be like, I, I'm they're going to give me the wrong medicine. I'm going to die because this is <laughs> this this is beyond chicken scratch. <laughs> This is chicken with its head cut off scratch. Um, yeah, weird. Chickens live for three weeks after their heads are cut off. Uh, yeah, just like Dick Cheney. He's got to be. He's got to be at least seventeen percent chicken. I think Dick Cheney should have just not said anything. You know, he's in his lair, and nobody's asking him any questions. And this report comes out. Why not just not say anything? Because he. He can't not say anything. Yeah. It's that I think it's that seventeen percent chicken part I of guess him. So. Gotta just gotta squawk. And Bill Cosby, he should just retire, go home, and don't leave. Well, I think he's been forced to retire at this point. I don't know. I, I thought that he still had events that he was going to be able to do. I mean, I, I know he's never going to be getting an honorary degree again. He's already lost a couple. Oh, did they actually take some back? Navy did. I think the Navy or uh, one of the military. Man, it's pretty sad when the damn military is yes. uh, taking back sex shit because of sexual harassment, man. Yeah, you're you're on their really... track record is really good, so they have to keep it keep keep it on the up and up. Yeah, yeah, true. Just just like uh, their track record on torture. Yeah, it's let's not talk about the whole torture thing. It's it's very it was very depressing to me. The military wasn't a part of torture, were they? I mean, I know it was CIA. I just didn't think the... Yeah, you know, yeah. Black Ops. Well, I mean, the military is not officially part of torture, I guess. But, you know, you remember Abu Ghraib and shit like that. Uh, I guess that was military guys. I thought a lot of that stuff was happening with, like, the Blackwater or whatever. Those yeah, I, I think it was. All the Black Ops shit. Because um, they were the ones who were dealing with the high-level targets. Right. Um, you know... Even though it didn't do anything. But we don't want to talk about that. This is awesome, yeah, for a Christmas song episode to be talking about uh, torture and sexual Well, some people consider assault. listening to Christmas music torture. So it all comes together. That's true. They do use music as torture, you know. You know how they would, like, blast uh, Metallica or whatever. Uh, right, add Metallica fans. Yeah. They keep them in their place. Yeah, keep them. Because if they didn't blast Metallica music at Metallica fans, maybe they'd do something with their lives. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they'd maybe they'd use more than uh, one synapse when making a decision. Um, and that's not even going into the, the what they do to the Jimmy Buffett fans. Man, when I was in Vegas uh, last week, th you know they have this Margaritaville restaurants, and well, number one, I don't know, 
I don't know why you go to Vegas and go to a chain restaurant. That's that's fucking weird to me. But I I mean I can see if you're from overseas or something and, and you don't have it, and you want to eat something really shitty um, and pay a lot for it uh, to get the whole experience of America. But but the thing that I most remember about, which is probably not shocking to anybody, uh, walking past the Margaritaville was that they were playing horrible, god awful music every single time. Um, I walked past, you know, I was cranking out onto the street. Was it always Jimmy Buffett? No, it wasn't, surprisingly. Yeah, surprising. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I never, that's just a thing that I've never gotten at all. Jimmy the, Buffett. The listening to Jimmy Buffett or following, becoming a parrothead? Well, I mean, that that is extreme, the extreme version of me not getting it, but... um. But yeah, just listening think... to it. it. I mean, it's it's all so mild, milk toast sounding music to me. Yeah, I don't get it. But and, and it almost seems like it was designed from the beginning to become a corporate cult. Yeah, which is what it kind of reminds me of. It's it's yeah. I don't I don't deal well with laid back as a as a lifestyle. I don't mind laid back, but the music is is not really laid back. It's it's selling laid back, yes, but I don't I don't know what it is. It it just seems like it it seems highly designed, and it's not my cup of tea. Right, right, and yeah, and it's you know got some weird cultural appropriation shit going on with I don't know steel drums and conch shells and shit in the music. Like, oh, I didn't, even think, <laughs> I didn't yeah. even think of that. Yeah, but it's definitely. I don't think it's so much about the music for people who go to the concert. I think people who every other day of the year, they're not listening to Jimmy Buffett, but Oh, Jimmy Buffett's in town. I have to go to the concert and hang out and tailgate in the parking lot and, you know, get really drunk and watch them. But you know, they're not, they're not Jimmy Buffett fans. They're Jimmy Buffett experience fans. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've never been to, you know, the grateful dead and fish have that kind of thing too, where yeah, I'm like, uh, well, the music's terrible to me, but, beyond that like i've never to me a concert i'm going i'm going for the music like any kind of weird communal experience i feel like is kind of uh manufactured in people's heads i, I mean, think so yeah i mean maybe there i'm sure there's an element to it and i'm sure drugs really help uh with the feeling but wait i don't know i, I take that back a little bit i think the the Grateful Dead, I don't know, I guess the same with the fish. They really are a community. I mean, some of those people would travel from town to town with a band. So what do you mean it's manufactured in their head? What is it manufactured in your head? They do feel a sense of community with these people that they've seen at other shows and they have a, 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 a like they trade tapes. They no, trade, I get uh, that too. And, and, you know, being into the whole underground scene in the 80s, it was the same kind of thing. You know, you, you're like, oh, these are really like-minded people. You know, I'm, it's all the uh, the one person from their high school all gathered together, right? There in right. one place, and it's really cool. But uh, but I just think I just think they oversell the idea, maybe. Okay. And, I, and I I think it you know it, it's kind of like you talk yourself into it being maybe more than it is. You know, it's it's a concert at at its root. It's a concert. Yeah, it's you've got all these people here who who are fans, but um. I guess I hear what you're saying. If it, it, it's not, they make it into a way of life, and it it's not really right. It, it's it's not something to base your life on necessarily. I don't think. I guess is yeah. more more what it is. Um, it's a good time, and it's nice to hang out with pe- like-minded people who at least share 
one interest, and then you can infer that they they have other things in common uh, from that. But yeah, I mean, traveling around to see some to see a band all over the country is is a bizarre idea to me. That's all. Um. Anyway, Christmas songs. I bet Fish has a Christmas song. <laughs> and I bet it's fifteen minutes long, at least. They, they, I mean, they really are terrible. Have you listened to Analyze Fish? No. Oh, well, you should listen to that podcast. It's another yeah. Scott Ackerman joint. With Does him. he have any others that he's the host of? Not that I know of. Um, I know he used to write that. God damn it. I can't remember. Mike Detective, was that the name of it? Oh, he wrote that? Yeah. That's I think funny he stuff. wrote it with Paul Hubel, I think, yeah. Or Rob maybe Hubel? he wrote it. Rob Hubel, sorry. Maybe he wrote it on his own. I thought maybe uh, Paul Shear and Rob Hubel had a son. They should, because that kid would be hilarious. He'd be named Paul Hubel. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there, speaking I like... of Christmas, I was making Christmas cookies yesterday, and as I made them, I had a marathon watching um, Broad City. Oh, awesome! Just as good the second time. Yeah, it is. And Maybe better. Season two is coming soon. Is there a date on that? I I think it's mid January, but I I'm not a hundred percent sure. Did you ever watch the show, The Playing House? Did you ever get a chance to watch that? Oh yeah, we watched the entire series. Okay. I mean I the entire season, I guess. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's not the entire series. But yeah. what did you think? Oh, I really liked it. I thought okay. it was really good. Yeah. Sometimes I'm not sure how how valid my opinion is because sometimes things are make me laugh and they're not necessarily funny, but. It's good to hear other people like it too. Yeah, I think it's I think it's well received. Um, uh, yeah, no, I we we thoroughly enjoyed it. Cool. And I I just like both the leads a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, making Christmas cook. What so? What is Christmas cookies exactly? What does that mean? It's just like some sugar cookie with like red and green uh, shit thrown on top of it. I made chocolate chip cookies for a Christmas party. Oh, so it's not really Christmas cookies, except that it was for right. a Christmas event. Right. I've never made Christmas Christmas cookies. The only the closest thing I've made to Christmas cookies are cookies shaped like Marvel characters. That is very in the spirit of Christmas. Right, because they uh, have DVDs for sale, Marvel related. True. Did you ever watch a Star Wars trailer? Damn it, no, I didn't. I oh, I will get man. on that. I do want to see it. Um, I've heard a lot of people talking about it. I, I have a busy life, man. I know. I uh, I passed my second uh, level of Pro Tools certification. Congratulations. So, yeah, that's good. So now I'm certified for user level, I think is the name of what my level of certification. Yeah. How many, lo- how many levels are there? Jesus Christ. So Well, this is just the 100 level, so I, I did 101 and 110. Um, and then there's a 200 level, uh, which breaks off into... Music, post-production, and video game. So there's a bunch of different ones for that. And then, and then there's a 300 level, which I don't think anybody actually takes. Uh, <laughs> Why does it exist? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's... it's Master like, classes. It, it, that's what it is. It's like super advanced shit that you're only going to use if you're doing really super high-level work. Um, but, you know, I mean, shit. If I can take the classes cheap enough, I'll, I'll take it all. Yeah, yeah. So, so your next classes will be the, the two hundred level stuff. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be hard. I mean, it's hard ass shit. It's it's all super technical, and 
again, we're learning it all out of a book rather than actually using it, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, the teacher will do some examples, uh, you know, on the, on a screen uh-huh. of stuff, but we're like, I, I feel like learning software, you learn so much quicker when you're doing the shit. Do you have access to the software though? In class we do, and we do some like exercises, but it's all, the exercises are all do this, then do this, then do oh, this. Okay. You know what it's, I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. not using your own brain to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I, well, I will buy Pro Tools at some point. Um, Is it, it's, I guess it's like a thousand dollars or something like that. Well, I get a student discount, so I think I can get it for three hundred. Well, that's not bad. Which is yeah, that's all right. So, but uh, yeah, yeah. So and then I've got my my uh, recording final coming up this week, which I'm, I I will ace. I'm sure. I'm not really worried <laughs> about that. <laughs> So have you you started? Was it last fall? Yes. Was it was it last fall? Last? What, God damn, I don't even remember. Well, this is my. All right, I went. Uh, I went summer classes. So whatever. No spring. So I went spring, summer, and now this is fall. Okay. Since you started, have you noticed has the class whittled down at all? Since it's been about a year, or well, is it about the same number of students? About the same number of students. Yeah. Um. There are some students who are not going to do well on this recording final. I know that. Um, <laughs> How do you know? Because they're, because they don't, they like skipped a bunch of classes and then they came in and, and he's having us set the stuff up and they had no idea what they were doing. So I mean, well, um, let me ask you this: this recording final, do you think that the lessons you had on a recorder will help you in the recording final? Um, well, I'll probably probably be uh feel a little bit of shame while I'm doing it. So maybe, I mean, I, but that's kind of, you know, I feel a little bit of shame no matter what I do. Um, yeah. The only time you, you aren't filled with shame is when you're masturbating in public. Well, exactly. That's, it, it's why I do it to relieve that sense of shame, that constant sense of shame. And it's pr- pretty much the only time you should feel a sense of shame, but I'm not one to judge. Well, uh, li- listen, we all have to find our own path in life. Um, uh, uh, mine just happens to include masturbating in public. Your path is covered in self-love. One one day it will be seen as uh, just like much like uh, acceptance of gays. It will be it will be accepted for the the beautiful act that it is, and uh, and then maybe there will be a little less shame in the world. Probably not though. Uh, well, Christmas music. Christmas music. 2,000 Miles by The Pretenders, another one I love, not necessarily a specifically Christmas song, but um, a good ballad, one of my favorite Pretender songs. We don't need to insert it here. You can go look it up. Uh, oh, I, I, I'm i going to insert one more because it's fun. Uh, uh, Saint Etienne, I Was Born on Christmas Day. That's the one I've never heard before. How old is that? Um, damn, I think, it's, I think it's late 80s or... No, it can't be late 80s because they weren't around. Maybe it's mid to late 90s. It's fun. Yeah, I really like it. Uh, let's let's just play it so people can have a new Christmas song uh, to listen to on the holidays if they're not familiar with it. Here is I Was Born on Christmas Day. It has fun lyrics. Yes. And Getting not... groovy after Halloween. Mid-November got back on the scene. I'm so glad I got my pay. <laughs> it's 
it's yeah it's not like specifically christmas christmas song i guess but it, it's enough in the spirit of the season she was born on christmas day and, and yeah musically um i think what she's trying to say is that she's the messiah but, <laughs> but uh yeah here's i was born on christmas day saint etienne I like I like that kind of I mean I do like the upbeat uh the upbeat nature of most Christmas music and and the you know the feeling of the sometimes uh very manufactured feeling but other times uh sincere feeling of of kind of the spirit of the holidays and togetherness togetherness and and all that yeah yeah I also like uh the the wintry the wintry themes i mean it's not especially appropriate for you but it's still it's fun that they're singing about let it snow and all yeah, that stuff. I, I don't know you know you always hear people like transplants to california say how i miss the seasons i miss weather and i'm like do you because no i wasn't saying i missed yeah no I not there, you but the weather but it's 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 just having weather related music is neat it is but when you're experiencing it yeah i i don't know i don't i've i've lived in other parts of the country and i do not miss the winters there it's, no. it's pretty much a horrible mess the whole time like what's great about not being able to move in traffic and slipping on the sidewalk all the time and freezing <laughs> to death uh i don't i don't really get the no, when i walk of outside and it's super cold out i i feel like there's something wrong in the world that something has happened that's not right that someone did something off and it's never going to be warm again, but yeah. then summer comes. Yeah. And then, and then old people die of the heat because they don't have air conditioning in their buildings. That's their fault. It really is. Jesus. I do. I maybe, wish maybe they, if were... they weren't spending so much money on dog food, uh, they could afford to pay for their AC bill. The thing I like about Idiots. Christmas music that, that probably other people dislike. I'd like the fact that there's this, there's music that's from like hundreds of hundreds of years worth of music that you hear at a certain period of time every year. I think it would be neat that if there were summer music that was like that, that every summer on June 1st, people started playing these jingles all the time. I think that would be fun. And then there's every year a couple new jingles come about and they become fixtures. I, I like that the, the Christmas has that. Let's try to start it. Okay. We'll start. It'll I'm be fine. a new tradition. Uh, I would like that. I mean, I'm yeah. down with it. Only you and I will take part in it, but we'll. And the do first it anyway. song we'll do is "Summertime" by Will Smith. Of course, uh, "Celebrated Summer" by Husker Du. Uh, what else we got? That's it. That, that <laughs> those will be the two. 
That's right. a game that I should never play, thinking of song titles, because I'll get them wrong. Starless Summer Sky by Marshall Crenshaw. There, we got three. A tradition has been started. Yeah, I, well, sorry, going back to the, the thing. It is a it is a complaint I hear a lot about. There's no seasons here in California, but I'm like, you don't like temperate weather? What You know what? That's <laughs> really the drawing point for a lot of people here. And, and it's not like you can't go to the snow here. And the, there's also the fact that there is seasons. When I lived in Santa Barbara, it was definitely colder during the winter. There was definitely seasons. It was rainier, and it was right. I, yeah, I well, exactly. Jacks. It's not. It's it's not. Uh, maybe Hawaii doesn't have seasons. I don't know. I never lived a whole year there or any time at all. So maybe they don't have seasons, but California has seasons. Well, yeah, we really do. It, there's a definite winter season just because uh, we're not having the nose hairs freeze in our nose. Uh, and turn to icicles doesn't mean it's not a season. You know, it's rainy, it gets cold. There's not... no place that I've ever been where people's nose hair snow, uh, freezes in their nose. That... Icicles. It happened to me in uh, Kansas when I, I was in the Army. So we were outdoors a lot uh, in the freezing-ass cold for long periods of time. There had to be something wrong with you for your nose hairs to freeze like that. Bodies aren't supposed to do that. I refuse to believe that story. Well... You may refuse to. Also, all my uh, all my blood turned to crystals. That part is also unbelievable. And um, and my toes fell off. So uh, you choose to believe what you want. But yeah, it's it's not a harsh winter out here. But it is there is still winter. How Leaves did you like do my, fall it, off the trees in fall? How did you like my improv skills there, where you told a story and I said no and. Well, that's the basis of improv, of our improv, anyway. Reject, 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 reject. Yeah, that's another. That's another tradition we need to start. We should just start our own school. No, but uh, you're a filthy liar. Well, that's what we'll call it. You're a filthy liar. School of improv. Um, I don't know. Are we good? Are we done on Christmas music? Yeah, let's be done. Yeah, fuck it. Recommendations. Asians. Asians. Um, I am going... Well, I'm going to recommend two things. Number one, uh, hopefully this is not... Are you doing a book by any chance? I am going to do a comic book this week. Okay. Um, well, I actually... I finished the Adam Resnick book, which is good, uh, but I'm going to recommend the Amy Poehler book, Yes, Please. How oh, did you... You finished that? I haven't finished it, but I'm in the middle of it. I've, I've read enough to be able to recommend it, I feel like. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's really good. It's Amy Poehler. How is it not going to be good? I didn't get as nearly as far as you. I think I read the first the first two chapters, I think, but I love her voice. Yeah, me and, too. And it's not something where it's... It, it, like, Tina Fey's book, I, didn't, I don't think I heard Tina Fey as much in it. I don't know if that makes sense. Like I heard, no, it was it totally a funny does. voice. I, I read them both, so, or I'm, you know, I'm reading this one still. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, totally. But this, this is this. It feels like Amy Poehler's talking to me. It's it, really, it's her voice, and it's hilarious. Yes, and she does a really good job of balancing like the personal and the funny. Right, right. Without it seeming awesome. forced. Yeah. So that's a that's an awesome book. The other, uh, my second recommendation. Speaking of uh, upbeat songs. Uh, one that I've been listening to, I don't know why I first heard it, but uh, I was listening to it, I was like, it's a really good song. I posted about it on Facebook, too. Uh, Mbop by Hanson. You know what? 
a good catchy song, man. <laughs> you could say what you, I don't know if people can give the Jackson Five credit. I don't see why Hanson can't get some credit for writing a. Well, they actually wrote it too. That's another point in their favor. Uh, what happened to Hanson? I don't know. I mean, I think they got kind of lumped in with Teeny Bopper uh, music, you know, so maybe they weren't taken seriously. But I, I know like a few years ago, who knows how long I'm so old. It might've been like 25 years ago, but uh, they, there was some video people were posting where uh, of theirs um, that was new where they like reenacted a scene from the blues brothers and stuff. It was, uh-huh. uh, fun video. So I mean, they had an album last year. Do they? Yeah. So I, I guess they're still making music. I haven't heard and it. Charted it. 22. Uh, I mean, I'm sure an album charting at 22 is, is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Who knows? Who knows where they went, but you know, I, I don't know. I always hate that kind of thing. Like what happened to this famous person, man? They must, I really feel bad for them. No, you shouldn't feel bad for them. They, they did fine. Yeah. Well, I don't, I do you not like knowing what happened to them or do no, you know? I do, but, but okay. there's, you know, you hear people talk about, Oh man, they really fell off the radar. Like must suck. I'm like, no, I'm, we all have to live our lives. Like at least they got a taste of success. At some point, I don't know. I don't know why people always have to be on top, especially in the entertainment world. It's kind of unrealistic. Right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So those are my two recommendations. I'm going to recommend a book that just started uh, this month called Bitch Planet. And it's about uh, a planet on a future version of Earth where it's only as a women's prison. And it's it's kind of a sci-fi kind of obviously sci-fi kind of thing, but it's really... I, I'm looking forward to where it goes because it's already done an excellent job of examining gender issues and how women are portrayed in media and how they look at themselves and they're looked on by, you know, just by society itself. And it's really well done. And it also, I think there's also in there, there will be a discussion about body issues, race and all kinds of neat stuff, but it's all, you have to look underneath to see that because on top of everything else, it's kind of like a, an action story. Yeah. So it's first issue was great, really well written. I'm looking forward to where it goes and, and neat art. So bitch planet. Can I, I mean, ask a, a sensitive question about it? Sure thing. Gender of the writer. A woman. Oh, good. which makes it even okay. better. Good. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like to judge on that kind of thing, but I'm glad it's a woman. That's all. No, I, 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 I think with comic books, it, it's often going to be a man. And even with a man writing this, I don't think a man writing this would be as good, but I think a, a man can write a, a, a sensitive portrayal of, of, of gender. But I think this specific book, if it was a man writing it, it would be, it would not be a good idea. Yeah. Like, uh, women especially in prison, with like, the title. Yeah, exactly. Everything about it would be terrible if a man wrote it, but this, this, this has all the, it's a good thing. Okay. I think it's, it's well-written. It's a good thing. And, because I did have a little bit of trouble. Kelly Sue DeConnick, I think that's how you say her name, wrote this. And her husband writes a, a book called Sex Criminals. And it it, it 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 travels some of the same things, but sometimes I would have trouble. Is, what is a guy writing from a woman's perspective? Because the, the main character is a woman. But it's like, well, you know, you can have an imagination. You can think of what a woman might say. You're not speaking for all women. Right. But, in, but in this case, yeah, I, I think that's a pro- perfectly appropriate question for a, a book called Bitch Planet. Because I yeah. think if I wrote a, this book, it would be entirely inappropriate. But yeah, so this is really – I'm very happy with how it started. It, it, yeah, it's good stuff. 
and it's it's wearing its its gender politics on its sleeve. It has a like you know where there's usually letters since the first issue. There's no letters. It's a essay written by a um, I think it's a female studies professor or maybe a pop culture professor who looks at pop culture through gender and race, writing an essay of what she thought of the book. And so, so it's not like she's trying to hide the fact of what she's doing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Well, and it's and, actually I think there's a web page called Femini, uh, Feminist uh, Feminist some famous actor <laughs> like that helps. Uh, what's the guy the guy the guy from Drive? Oh, Ryan Gosling. Feminist Ryan Gosling. So that's what the professor is known for who wrote the forward or the afterward or wait did you mean michael stipe yeah yeah well i don't know which drive you he had everything to do with this book yeah well it's i mean it's a it's something that needs to be tackled in comic books especially anyway i feel like oh yeah you know these issues uh not not just like that comic books is a boys club thing but you know it's it's not really an issue that's dealt with a lot and I, and I think these kind of stories, using science fiction to tell tell a story that is everyday appropriate, like that you can it is easily uh, turned to to focus on everyday issues, isn't done enough nowadays. I think science fiction's turned more into action, big bangs and stuff. Yeah, so it's yeah. nice for, for especially uh, science fiction and comic books. So it's nice that an artist and author is is doing this. I I didn't know what I was getting into. I just saw kind of a quick write-up, and I saw that the like I may, I asked the same question when I saw the title. I was like, I don't want to get this if it's a guy's book, and it's just exploitative, ex, exploit, exploitative, exploitative. It's a tough word to say. So I didn't. So once I saw it, was when I was like, I'll give it. I'll give the first issue a chance, and I was kind of blown away by how good it is. So yeah, awesome. I, I want to check it out. Yeah, it's only one issue, so it's, it's easy to get started. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's true. But I mean, science fiction always used to be about you know about modern social issues you know dressed up i think if you read science fiction like novels and stuff there is enough out there that is about that but there is also it's also kind of a uh you know you can sell a series of novels that are just kind of action novels that are science fiction so you have to you have to search for it but for in in comic book and movies for sure science fiction is not what it used to be yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not the, as thoughtful. The classic uh, example of uh, talking about social issues in film, science f- fiction, is uh, Star Wars. Who exactly? I I know how to t- treat my droids now, and that it's uh, the, that you know, kissing your sister is all right. There was a, I I, I talk about this show a lot. Um, Birthday Boys. There was a skit on the Birthday Boys where these, the whole setup of the skit is these two car, two guys in a bar. And they're talking about Star Wars, and they're they're giving each other lines from Star Wars, and they're all totally ridiculous. It's like, and then he says, "You bastards, better get out of here!" And then he got his machine gun and started shooting. And then some guy came over and he's like, "That's not how he said it." And he changed it slightly, so he said something before "bastard." And then finally, some other guy comes over. He says, "I've heard you guys talking for hours about Star Wars, and I don't know what you're talking about. I've not." And Luke Skywalker, his name is Luke Skywalker, and then he goes, "Oh, we know your mistake. You're thinking of George Lucas's Star Wars. We're thinking of this other Star Wars, one word." And then they had a bunch of clips from this other Star Wars that came out at the same time, and it's really funny. I, yeah, I still need to check them out. Yeah, it's it's a, you don't need to see the Chris Elliott episode because he was not it wasn't. It was not a character that I would have written for Chris Elliott. He was just kind of there. Ah, but the bad. latest episode had Tony Hale, and it was just a really small part, but it was really funny, Tony Hale. 
All right, I'll check them out. Um, all right, I, I guess that we're good. Yeah, I'm good. I don't know about you. I'm all right. Uh, uh my, my right, foot's right bothering me a little, but oh, yeah. sorry to hear that. Well, after losing those toes in Kansas, sometimes well, yeah. it acts up. I don't know why you were saying anything more. I already said sorry to hear that. That means you can shut up about whatever your problems are. I beg your most holy indulgence. Given. Okay. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Rate us highly on Facebook. Well, like us on Facebook. Rate us highly on iTunes and write a really, really strong review about how much you love us. You and don't have to write a review. Just give us stars. We'll yeah. Yeah, that's true. But we want a really good review. And, uh, yeah, if you want to come on the show, let us know if you, there's something you'd like us to talk about. Sorry we've been kind of off focus lately, but you'll take it. You're getting episodes during the holidays. And that's about it. Yeah, I think, you know, I was thinking maybe next week we can try for our best music. You think you'll have enough time? No, let's wait till closer to New Year for that one. All right. Well, next week will be, uh, yeah. Okay, all right. I'm fine with that. We'll figure out what we're doing next week. And and like Pat said, you'll take it. So, until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. It was Christmas Eve, babe In the drunk tank An old man said to me won't see another one And then I sang a song The rare old mountain dew I turned my face away And dreamed about you God, I'm the lucky one Came in years from me and you So happy Christmas I love you baby I can see a better time When all our dreams come true Dripping that bed You scumbag, you 
Christmas Day 